Amy? Hi, Joy. Okay, let me just um, introduce you just a second. Okay, Amy Blair is an intuitive artist and teacher and creative coach. Uh, Amy is the founder of the Creative Compassion Line community and the author of Feminine Forms, a guidebook for reconnecting with the feminine. Amy loves helping people reconnect to their creative heart. It believes that creativity is a non-optional part of human wellness. And by the way, I just went on Amazon and actually didn't order, but put it in my cart to order this month, <laughs> your book. Oh, thank you so much, Joy. Oh, you're welcome. I think that would be a great book to use also for, you know, for one of my groups that I do, my women's groups. I may have them actually get this, get the book them. I think it's a good book for women's groups. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. It's yeah. a yeah. It's coloring and journal yeah. coloring yeah. and journaling component. So oh, that sounds the art wonderful. and then you journal. Yeah. We'll talk about also, you know, if you want to, you can talk about your book as well. Yeah, you that's true. Talk about mm -hmm. it in your in your um in this episode we're doing. Okay, let's begin by asking the question, uh, which I always begin in any of the podcasts that I, any of the episodes that I do. What is your story? Mm. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here, Joy. It's so fun oh, to be here with welcome. you. Um, so my story um, begins, um, I would imagine like a lot of people's story might begin, which is that when I was a child, I was an artist. Uh -huh. I loved making art. It was my favorite part of school. It was my favorite thing to do at home. If you'd uh -huh. asked five or six-year-old me what I was going to be when I grew up, I would have told you an artist. Uh huh. But by the time I got to high school, I graduated high school without taking a single art class. What was the reason for that? Why do you think that was? Right. The reason for that, you know, somewhere along the way, um, in probably around adolescence, as it happens yeah. for a lot of people, um, I internalized the messages from our culture that art wasn't really important. Right. That, you know, I was a good student. I got good grades. I tried hard in school and good students were supposed to take, at least in my, in my, yeah, in my high yeah, school, yeah, it was students way. weren't supposed to take art classes. They were supposed to take calculus and physics right. and advanced biology. And right. so um, I took calculus and physics and advanced biology and I didn't take art. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, that part of me that you know, no one directly said to me, um, you know, art is bad. Don't be an artist. Don't take art. But I just, I, I learned that message anyway. Well, sure. You get it from society. Right. You get it from society and your parents. Your parents will say, art is not going to pay the bills. <laughs> yes. It's not going to, you know, pay your rent. It's not a career. It's exactly. a hobby. It's a hobby. Oh, I yeah. I know. I got that too. Sure. And, um, so that like that part of myself just got quieter and quieter and quieter. Uh -huh. So um, I didn't become an artist. I became a teacher, um, which mm -hmm. is also a creative, you know, oh, yeah. in its own right. There's a lot of right. creative creativity in teaching. It is. And I love teaching. I still love teaching. Uh -huh. I don't teach in, you know, public school classroom anymore, but I still love teaching. Uh -huh. um, and um, then I became a mother. 
And um, I've been known to say that my creative side just sort of got swallowed up whole oh, <laughs> in sure. motherhood. Um, yeah. all, all experiences in motherhood are intense. Um, my oldest, my firstborn, came into the world with some pretty involved medical, um, extra medical issues. And, um, you know, that was just my life for a really long time. And there wasn't space. There wasn't sure. space for the, um, my artist, my creative, right. my creative side. Um, and then I had two more. <laughs> and, um, and that was what I did for a long time. Sure. And um, I can remember, Joy, the day that art sort of started sneaking back into my life. It was uh -huh. the day I brought my youngest daughter to her first day of preschool. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I dropped her off. And for the first time in eight years, I didn't have a child, you know, with me, dependent on me, needing me. And um, mm -hmm. had this like three hours of time to myself. And I remember I went home with all this freedom of having all my kids in school. And I looked at my to-do list that I'd made for the day. And it was like this horrible list of like errands and chores and housework. And I remember just looking down at that to-do list and being like, this can't be it. <laughs> this can't, this can't be the rest right. of my life. Yeah. Checking off a daily list of, of like chores. what's for me. Right. Where where is me? Where, where am I? Yeah, exactly. Sure. There was nothing on that list that brought me any joy or any yeah. challenge or any interest. Right. It was just, you know, checking off the boxes. Right. And, um, I didn't know, I, I knew there was something else for me in this life. I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, and then I just slowly started hearing that voice. Cause now I had a little space and a little quiet mm -hmm. while my kids were at school. And, you know, I, started hearing that inner voice again and it start, was calling me back to art making and I um you know I used to draw a lot that was my mostly the kind of art I made as a in my younger years was drawing and um you know the great thing about drawing is you don't need to buy anything fancy you just need a pencil and right. <laughs> and a piece of paper and I had those things um yeah. so and I it was like it had been so long I didn't even know how to start like what, sure. what, what am I doing? And um, so I actually started checking drawing books out from the children's section in my yeah. public library because if I was at the library, I was with my kids. I had three, uh -huh. and yeah. I couldn't make it over to the grown-up side. <laughs> so, oh, okay. so do you remember those like how to draw books that you when oh, you were yeah. a kid? The yeah, how to draw cars and how to draw animals. Use those. I use those when yeah. I'm teaching art. For and sure. The, yeah. The great I love thing them. about those is that they they make everything very simple. Right. Yeah. So when you teach children, sure. you make everything simple. So I started yeah. checking out these drawing books and and just little by little, um, you know, drawing you know, animals and whatever, flowers, whatever was in the book. And that was sort of, you know, it it, it was like um, you know, it's like following that trail of breadcrumbs. You don't quite know where you're going yet. That's you just right. one step. You and start you with one step at a time. Sure. Yeah. So um from there, I started signing up for some beginner art classes at like the community center, you know, the YMCA, just local, little local things. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot in those classes. I learned the basics that I had never learned before, what to do with, you know, the materials and the colors and the paintbrushes and, you know, very traditional sort of art making, um, still life, a lot of, um, I, I, 
I lovingly refer to them as paint the apple classes, right? The teacher gives you an apple, you paint the apple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, try to make it look like an apple. Very traditional kind of art. And so I did that for a while. And it was, it was, you know, opening back up that part of me, that creative part of me. Mm -hmm. And um, eventually, um, I got bored with that. I didn't want to paint any more apples. <laughs> that wasn't, you know, that wasn't really, um, you know, when I was a kid, I very rarely drew real things, like looked at the world and tried to render them or copy them. I drew from my imagination. Mm -hmm. That was the kind of art I had always made from my vision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and that was what was fun for me. So I kind of got bored with the with the paint the apple. And um, one day I just gave myself permission to sit with a blank canvas and grab whatever paintbrush felt good and mm -hmm. choose whatever colors made me happy and just start painting and see what came out of me. So right. Um, Which was the beginning uh, of your intuitive painting. Exactly. So I didn't yeah. know those words at the time. You didn't, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> when was this? Do you remember when it was? Oh, gee, let's see. So um, that little one who I talked about dropping off at preschool, uh -huh. she's she's turning eight in a couple uh -huh. weeks. So this okay. would have been about four or five years ago. Okay. So at that time, you know, you know, it's hard to say exactly when people started using intuitive art or mm -hmm. intuitive painting or I mean there was a lot of books written stuff like that but 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 it was just beginning to begin right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um I I think I I just started like Googling, <laughs> like, what do you uh -huh, call it sure. when you make art? But like, you know, I knew about abstract art and I knew a little bit about like expressive art, uh -huh. um, you know, having worked with children, you know, I knew about like process art and, um, and somewhere along the way I stumbled upon that term intuitive art. And I started just like Googling <laughs> that term. And I was like, there have to be other people out there, you know, who are doing this. Um, right. Cause right. I didn't want to go to the traditional classes anymore and learn right. from those people. I wanted to learn from people who were doing things differently. And, you know, so I started following online, some, some women who I stumbled upon who were, who are making art in this more um, holistic, expressive, spiritual? Was it through Facebook or through uh... um, event? Maybe eventually I got onto Facebook, but I really just started by like googling, you know, <laughs> intuitive okay. plus art. Yeah. Plus, do you remember who they were? Do you remember who um, they? Were? Yeah. Was so, one, um, one of the first people I came across was Shiloh Sophia. Okay. Yeah, she Shiloh Sophia. International yeah. Creativity uh -huh. Community. Right. Right. And, you know, so I started doing some of her like uh, free one-time workshops and, right. and things like that, that she offered. And um, then eventually I found um, the amazing Alexis Cohen, who I started. Oh, yeah. I love her. Yeah. Yes. I love her. Yeah, I do. I love her. Do you know, have you, have you worked with um, any of Whitney Freya's stuff? Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, she's, she's one of the first I started following, Whitney Freya and yeah, Amber Benucci, women, the Women Unleashed community. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So yeah, one of my mentors. Yeah. Yeah. So what that once I found, you know, that community of women that opened up, I was like, yes, this is where. <laughs> that's wonderful. That's where yeah. I want to be. Those are the teachers that I want to learn from. That's the kind of art I want to make. Uh-huh. 
Sure. So, um, yeah, so I actually signed on to work with Alexis as a mentor. I still work with her today. Mm -hmm. I've been involved with her. And um, that was sort of the first I knew I, I always knew I wanted to um, not just make art, but teach and guide others because I'm a yeah. teacher. I'm a teacher in my heart. And, um, you know, when you have that sort of teacher blood, like anytime yeah. you learn something, you immediately want to teach natural, it. Oh, that's yeah. a thing. Sure. As yeah. soon as I learn anything that's meaningful to me, I want to teach it to someone else. So, um, you know, I started having, this was pre-COVID, um, before I really, you know, people really embraced the, the online, you know, it was, it was starting, but, um, I was, so I was hosting live in-person workshops, just little, you know, I'd get five or six people to sign up. And um, I was teaching these introduction to intuitive art workshops. And mm -hmm. what I loved about those workshops, um, what I realized I loved was that most of the people who signed up for them weren't quote artists. They weren't people who identified as artists. They weren't people who had art training. In fact, almost all of them would say to me, would come to the workshops and say to me, I just want to let you know, I'm not artistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was the starting place um, for almost everybody. And I loved, and I still love um, inviting people who, who feel that way into art making and did this kind of art making where, um, you know, it's not about quote talent or, or training or skill. It's just about expression. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, when I would hold these workshops and, you know, everybody would, would like bend over backwards to tell me how not artistic they are. And <laughs> we would have conversations, you know, we would start talking and, and what I would find was that um, almost, not everybody, but almost everybody, a lot of people, if we, if we talked about it and dug into a little bit, could find this moment, usually in their childhood, I, um, I call it their creative trauma moment, the mm -hmm. moment that they shut down, they decided they weren't good at art and they shut that part of themselves off. Yeah. And very often it was something as small, a passing comment from an adult in their world, a parent, a teacher, a caregiver, or a peer, um, something that adult probably said and never thought twice about mm -hmm. um, that felt. Um, but so cool. Okay. Right. Yeah. And um, I even I remember having a woman told me that when she was a child, she saw another child get criticized, get her artwork criticized. And, wow. and, being, and being a sensitive child, that was all it took. Like, oh, well, people might criticize this, so I better not. Oh, wow. You know, like these are oh, yeah, okay. that we never, I mean, I've just, I can't tell you like the stories, the collection of stories I've heard of, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that was the moment that they decided, I'm not an artist. I'm not good at this. I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. So it's really been um, one of the joys of, you know, this um, business and building and the teaching um, and coaching work I do with others to help people sort of identify that moment and realize that, you know, they get to reclaim that part of themselves, their artist, their creative. Yeah that those words that that person felt really strong and powerful when they were five, but mm -hmm. they don't, they don't really hold any power. Right. Because, you know, on inside, we're all that same little child mm -hmm. that um, is, is asking for um, approval. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, it's not like we're an adult, but we're still that little, that little five row that was wounded by, 
whatever it was, the words that was said to us. For sure. We all had that. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's an important thing for you to, um, this is, this is your work. This is your mission. That's wonderful. I think that's, I think that's fantastic, Amy. And man, let me tell you, I spent eight years as an elementary school teacher and I've thought back in my head about every word I've ever said. Oh, I know. Exactly. And man, you know, yeah. Man, I hope that, you know, I'm not the source or haven't been the source of anyone's creative wound because, man, it's such a, t like, all it takes is a careless word. And it can be a word that is spoken, like you said, without any thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, teachers get busy, you know, they get busy in their classroom and, um, and they're stressed because of, you know, what's going on in the classroom. Yeah. And it's just not, not anything personal, but kids are so impressionable. Right. right. They're so impressionable. Their little souls are so impressionable. Yeah, I know. I think about that myself. Yeah. So how did you become a creative coach? Well, um, so I started working with a creative coach, as I shared mm -hmm. with Alexis, and yeah. um, it was so life-changing for me um, that I think I knew like two or three sessions in working with a coach myself, mm -hmm. I think I already knew like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I yeah. need to be doing. Um, and, you know, the amazing thing about coaching is, you know, some people, I know that word gets used so much today and, and some people are, are still not really sure what it, like, what is a coach, like out of the sports context, what does a coach really do? Uh -huh. um, how is it different? Like people ask me a lot, like, oh, so you're an art teacher? And I'm always like, not really. I, I don't teach art technique. Um, I hold the space for people to um, do their work of exploring their own creative visions. And mm -hmm. Um, you know, some people's gut reactions are like, why can't people just do that themselves? And my answer to that is just, um, they don't, <laughs> you know, like how often do you give yourself the space without any accountability or, um, you know, someone else there with you to just dream into your own creative work and, um, brainstorm the steps to make it happen uh -huh. as a coach. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so amazed by just the power of, being there to listen while someone speaks their creative dreams out loud, mm -hmm. like the power of that, you know, just being the ears to listen. Um, so many people that I work with have, you know, these creative ideas and visions and they've never told anyone. It's like a secret, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, and just the yeah. power of being there while they speak that out loud for the first time. Um, and then, you know, helping them, break it down into doable steps that they can, you know, take this vision, this dream and make it into something real in the world. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think coaches are, um, a sounding board, like you yeah. said, mm -hmm. for, uh, bringing it out in the open. First of all, you know, becoming aware of, their thinking process and, and, you know, and the things that have held them back and then to help them, um, step by step go towards right. what they, they weren't even aware of in the, in the beginning, bring that awareness out through, you know, through the tools and techniques you, you work with them in. Right. Yeah. And that's why I named my community. That's what you 
I named my community creative compass because that's your compass, right? I that's want your compass. to point in the I direction. Love I love that. I you love know. that title. I th think that's a great way of putting it because aren't you basically a guide? Right. And I will help point you direction. in the direction of that yeah. vision. It's your vision. Yeah. <laughs> and your and vision I will help you. Get, I will help you get there. You'll help you. you. That's what you do. Exactly. So I think that's a good title. And um, I think it's wonderful. You know, that's why I connected with you. I connected with you because number one, I, I really could relate to the things you teach and the way the way you work, not teach, but the way, well, teach, mm -hmm. yeah. the way you work, the way you work, the way you facilitate your process, your creative process. Mm -hmm. um, I could really relate to what you do. Um, I think I connected you. I think I connected with you through Facebook, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, I think first yeah. Facebook through your group. And so um, I'm very fascinated with all the things that you do in your group that you have on Facebook. Uh, I, I would advise anyone who is looking for a community uh, and also um, a step, a, a beginning step towards um, being guided to, to a dream that they have to, to join your group for sure. Because not only do you give uh, ways to do that, um, and uh, you have, but you have a community mm -hmm. and a community at this time, I think is extremely important in, a, yes. in the time that we have, we have, that's a very important thing is to have a community of other women who are on the same journey yes. or their own individual journey, but are on a journey. And then we have you who is the, the guide who has mm -hmm. the compass. Mm, yes, maybe thank some you. keys, but definitely the <laughs> compass to uh, to to you know when you're on a trail, you need a compass. Yeah, you know you may know you know you may know. Okay, I want to go so and so, but you got to have a compass to know whether you're going right or left. You know what I'm saying? North yep. or south. Mm -hmm. I mean that's important. So and it also gives you some feedback. You know, and I think everybody needs to know their own, you know, when they're working on their process, they need to know not, is, is this right? But um, is this something that is right for me? Mm, mm, yeah. That's such an important distinction. Yeah, it is. It is. It definitely is. And then, you know, and, and so that's why I, I admire you and the fact that the way you do things. Okay. Let's go back to the things you are offering number one i want you to specifically talk about your book oh sure i'd love to how that came about yeah um yeah that's a great question it's got a good a good journey <laughs> uh so that book really was very much a product of covid um oh really you know, so you wrote it during covid i did yes yeah, oh so my gosh that's amazing yeah <laughs> So leading up to COVID, I had primarily been painting. I had discovered painting. You know, I was doing a painting, painting, painting. Then, um, um, as everyone knows, the world closed down. Um, yeah. My three children came home from school, and I was right. suddenly doing school from home with three children in three different grades. Um, oh, my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> right? Um, my husband was working from home. I mean, everyone yeah. right, knows everyone's life, right? Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, 
I couldn't paint anymore. You know, painting takes preparation. You have to get all your supplies out. It, you yeah. need a long chunk of time. I have, I have a, I have a student or not a student, somebody who works with me in my pilot who has mm -hmm. a two-year-old. So mm -hmm. she can't paint either. It's very hard, very challenging. Yeah. And, um, I, at the time, thank goodness, I was in a circle of other creative women. So I had support. Uh -huh. I had a mentor. I had a circle I was a part of. And I remember going into that circle and saying, like, I really think I need to quit. Like, I need to step out of the circle. I need to oh, stop what I'm doing. I have to put all my attention on my children. Right. School. And um, my mentor said to me, um, and this was so powerful, instead of quitting, like, I just want to offer you, how can you show up now? Mm -hmm. If it's not the same way that you were showing up before this happened, how can mm -hmm. you continue this journey? What does it look like now? It's going to look different. Okay. Yeah, that was, um, a good, was good advice. Yeah. Yes. So after the initial sort of shock of the world closing down um, and a little bit of regrouping, I decided, um, well, you know, I could draw. Drawing is less, less material. You know, it was kind of my first love, as I said, anyway. And mm -hmm. uh, all you need is a pencil and a paper. You can set down your drawing and come back to it. It's not like, you know, you pour out your acrylic paint and then your paint dries before you get to it. And, yeah. yeah. And that whole mess, like you can pick up and set down um, your pencil. Um, you can do it in little spurts while you're trying to get three kids lunch or whatever. And yeah, so I started drawing and um I found this pen. I don't know if you've ever found an art supply, Joy, that you've just like fell in love with. <laughs> yes, I actually am in, in love with the Prisma pencils right now. Mm, I love my Prisma pencils also. Yeah. Um, someone had gifted me a set of mic Micron pens. Yeah. And one like of them that. in the pack was um, like a brush pen, like a uh -huh. Japanese kind of style brush pen. And I yeah. never, I had never used it. It was sitting in the pen with the cap on in the pack. I had never taken it out. And one day I just decided to start playing with this pen and I was like in love with this brush pen. So I started, wow. I started doing these pencil drawings and then going over them with the brush pen and, and, um, the oh, okay. So it was, it was kind of like, almost like painting. A little, yeah. yeah. And, and it was very meditative. Like once you had the drawing in pencil, then just sort of tracing over it with the pen was very meditative. It was uh -huh. very relaxing. So right. it was part of my mental health really during this intense COVID time. Um, yeah. And I showed my, my mentor um, a couple and she said, Amy, those look like coloring pages. Oh, Did wow. You ever, have you ever thought about like making some coloring pages and putting them out to... Um, you know, just different communities you're in or what are sharing them. So, uh -huh. you know, that could be a good mental health tool for people during, um, during this time. So, uh -huh. um, and the answer was no, I had never thought about that <laughs> until that moment. So then I was thinking about that and um, thought maybe I would try that, just making some coloring pages and offering them to um, just other communities of women I was in that I knew were under a lot of stress during that. Mm -hmm. time. And so basically they, it's a coloring book kind of, I haven't looked at it, but it's, oh, a, yes. it's a color book, coloring yeah. book. So, so I started making these pictures and most of them uh, were of um, women, uh -huh. know, drawings of women, not super realistic, but sort of yeah. stylized pictures. And um, after I had done three or four, I, I just felt like that intuitive nudge. I was like, you know what? These aren't just random drawings. These, this is a book. Wow. They go together. And I didn't know exactly where I was going with it, but 
but I, but it, you know, it, it felt like that's where I was heading. So, um, for probably at least six months, if not closer to a year, I was just draw collecting these drawings. I was just making these drawings and collecting them and, um, I still didn't exactly know what I was going to do with them, but making them was helping, was helping me. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my youngest daughter who was five at the time would refer to them as my ladies. Oh, like, are you working on your ladies, mom? Are you drawing Aww. more ladies? Aww. So I sort of, um, <laughs> think of them that way as my ladies. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I drew um, close to 100 of them when all was said and done. And they aren't all in the book. <laughs> but, oh, my gosh. In yeah. that time, you were. OK, so that's amazing. <laughs> it was probably about a year over the course of a year. But Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I think that's so great. I, I love that. I love it. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see the book itself. So then I started, you know, the idea of compiling them into a book. And, and that's when the sort of um, journaling component kind of came in that, that you could use this book, um, you know, not just to color, um, get a little art in coloring, and then also the journaling to sort of process. Um, Are there journal prompts too? Um, so there's, uh, the beginning of the book has sort of some, some prompts and instructions for how to use the journaling pages. Cause I wanted, I wanted to give, you know, I always like to set things up. So there is enough structure that people uh -huh. aren't afraid to get started and, and enough space that people can sort of go in wherever it needs to lead them. Exactly. exactly. So yes, there is some structure offered. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that's important to have both structure and flexibility and mm -hmm. openness. Mm -hmm. for their own for their own process for sure yeah so then the last bit of the story is that I found a website where you could you know sort of upload and print a book and I did that and I just had one and it was like a little a little copy and I thought I was done I was like look I made this book and I showed it to the women <laughs> in my circle. I was like isn't it cool I've got this book and then one of the women who I was in circle with said you know Amy you can self-publish that on Amazon and people Whoa. could buy it. It's not that hard. Uh -huh. And again, I had never in a million years had I considered that I was, you know, going to make this and have it available for people to purchase. Um, you know, maybe I could sell it to my couple copies to my friends or whatever. Right, right. And so I ex explored, you know, self-publishing on Amazon. And she was right. It's not that hard. <laughs> okay, um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to um, send the link to that and just in case somebody else wants to do their own self-publishing that sure. would be information that we could also share because i'm sure just like you there are people who have ideas and they go oh wow so how do i go about that yes so, so let's include both the link for the website yeah, sure. that you use as well as the link for um the Amazon self-publishing, because I think that would be good information as well. Sure. So I used Kindle Direct Publishing, and I know not everybody is an Amazon fan, and there are other ways to oh, do it if okay. you don't want to work with okay. Amazon. But um, at the mm -hmm. time, that was the the easiest, most direct route that, right. you know, that I had in front of me. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we can add that. We can add that when we publish the all the um, links and sure. stuff. We can publish. We can actually publish that as well. Okay, so let's see. What's the next thing? Okay, so how did you start doing your, um, let's see, your summits? Oh, okay. Yes, that's where, where, another Where was journey. that from? Where'd that come from? <laughs> so um, 
as I shared, I work with um, Alexis Cohen. She's one of my mentors who I work uh -huh. with. And I've done several creative, you know, circles with her. I was in one of her circles when I created that book. And Did you ever physically meet her? No, we have only met online. Yeah. Just as I started working with her was when COVID, COVID everything out. I hope to meet her in person someday. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. So she was offering a group for creative entrepreneurs who wanted to take, you know, their, their creative work and turn it into um, an online business. Oh, wow. So okay. I was in that program. And so she taught us the summit model, the launching a business by hosting. A I summit. remember that. I remember her telling us. I fact, I get a lot of stuff from her. Yeah. And she mentioned that she was doing that. I just couldn't do it at the time. Yeah. So um so she taught you the tools and how to go about it. Yes. So okay. the um, first summit I created, it was called Creative Compass. That was the launch of my business. And um, it was a big creative stretch for me, um, you know, to reach out to establish artists and entrepreneurs and invite them to be on yeah. summit. I had a whole lot of that imposter syndrome because I didn't, I didn't have a business yet. I didn't have yeah. a social media following. I didn't have an email list. I just yeah. had, you know, a dream. So um, reaching out to established artists and entrepreneurs and inviting them to be guests on my summit was really scary and a really big reach. But as I said, I was, you know, I had support which, you know, is another reason why I'm a coach, because it's amazing what people, how far you can stretch when you feel supported. When you feel supported, right, exactly. And um, I still remember, you know, sending out those invitations and, and that voice, you know, that, that inner critic voice just being like, nobody is going to say yes. Like, who are you? They don't know who you are. Why would... And then yeah. when I started getting some yeses, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, people are saying yes. And, you know, when oh, I, when I spoke to yeah. those women in person, they all said to me the same thing, which is, you know, I was you once. I, I you know, I, I was new. I didn't have, you know, an uh -huh. email list or following. Sure, you know? sure. So it's just, you know, we get that voice in our head that tells us we're not good enough. But, you know, everyone, uh, you know, everyone's been there. Everyone starts from somewhere. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that summit was was the launch of the community I have now, which is called Creative Compass, and how I started building um, that community, which has been um, almost a year. Almost wow! A year. It'll be a year in in uh, September. Well, see, I think that all the steps you've taken, um, all the steps that you've taken, you can see in retrospect how each step led to another step you know mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like if you had not have gone through a particular step in my opinion you gain streaks you gain skills you gain uh confidence you gain all kinds of things to take the next step yes and you don't take the first step or the step <laughs> before you you know that step is going to be harder so sometimes in my opinion too it's like sometimes uh, I think the more knowledge you have, it's sometimes a limitation because I think if you don't know, really know what you're doing <laughs> to a certain degree, you, you don't have the fear. You yes. just go, okay, well, yes. I know what I'm doing. So this is what I'm doing, you know? And, and 
And we all start out not knowing what we're doing, right? And something I, something I say to my my clients and students all the time is it's okay to be learning. Like we get to be learning and that's okay. Yeah. Like you don't it's have okay to-, to learn. Yeah, exactly. In fact, learning is a very positive and very important part of the process of where you want to go. Look at a baby. Look at a baby. Right. A baby exactly. actually will start by, you know, getting up and falling and getting up and falling and getting up and falling. But do you know what? If it gave up, what would it do? It'd be crawling on its hands and legs. Right. And nobody looks at that baby and says, uh, you know, yeah, you're not exactly. good enough. No, exactly. <laughs> we don't do that to a baby. So why should we do it to ourselves? Right. Which right. in learning and learning process, we are very similar to a baby. Right. Whatever yeah. thing that we are doing in the beginning. I often offer a reframe, you know, if I have a client or a student who says like, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll offer them the reframe of you're learning, mm-hmm. you know, how does that feel to, to, instead of saying, I have no idea what I'm doing, say I'm learning. Yeah, exactly. Shifts yeah. the energy in a different way. It does shift the energy. It shifts the energy because that's why I use the word process, not result. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because um, it, I think that's an important thing too. I think really process is as important, if not more important than the results that you get. Yes. In fact, I think the process is, is the most exciting part of our journey. I, um, I tell yeah, the story. Look at, your, look at your look at your own journey hmm. and all the amazing little blessings and gifts you've got on the way. Everything that has brought you to where you are today, yes, has been a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about. Let's see what you are offering next. Okay. Sure. So. Um, I am always offering one-on-one coaching for anyone mm-hmm. who wants to, um, you know, dive deeper. So I, I tend to have sort of the people who who I work with in, co- in one-on-one coaching tend to fall in one of two categories: either they already have a creative vision, you know, there's a book they want to write or a a project they want to do, and they need support getting, you know, making it happen, making, making it, it happen, right? Right. So. Th- um, that's, you know, that's one group of people that I love to work with as a coach. They, they sort of know what they want to do or they just need the support and guidance and accountability to get that mm-hmm. vision out into the real world. Mm-hmm. And then the other camp tends to be people who uh, are more in the, I don't know, I, I don't know what my vision is. <laughs> I don't know what I, I just know that I need to be, creativity needs to be a bigger part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to reconnect with that part of myself sure. or reawaken yeah. that part of myself. So if either of those two stories feels resonant, um, I'm always, um, you know, open to have conversations with people about coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not currently offering a group any group programs because I am diving into creating my second summit which will mm-hmm. be coming out in the fall this time. So I'm focusing on that right now. I also mm-hmm. have a Facebook community that's um, totally free that mm-hmm. anyone can join that, um, you know, we do, it, it's mostly a place like to share and support each other. It's very loving. It's very supportive. Um, you know, people are oftentimes have so much fear about being cr- um, uh, criticized, you know, having their artwork look judged critically mm-hmm. and, 
that just it um what i love about this community is that you know that that just doesn't happen <laughs> you know yeah that's all there to support no, each other I mean, I, i've been on the group it's just that's that has it does have a loving a loving yeah, so positive community feeling yeah and i've shared you know that community has been almost a year open i have never had to delete a post i have never had to um, block someone or remove some from the group not once i have never mm -hmm. had you know a negative um or inappropriate comment that I had to remove. So um, that's good. Yeah. You know. And I think that when you, uh, when we publish this also, um, as we talked about it, I will publish the link to that, but also I will publish the podcast. And when I publish the podcast, I will then share my, my podcast link with you so you can share it with your community. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what is your summit? What's your summit? Uh, theme. So the summit, I'm, I'm just beginning the journey of creating this summit and okay. it is called um, Creative Power. Uh -huh. And the, the tagline is um, find your inner, uh, find your wisdom, strength, and authentic self through art. So we're wow. really going to go. So Creative Compass was, was a little more gentle. It was a little bit about beginning the path, you know, mm -hmm. stepping back into your creative path. This time we're going to go a little deeper, a little um, deeper, yeah, really into finding um, who you are, where your power is, um, and I think art is a really powerful way to do that. It has been for me. Yeah, oh, that sounds great. I think that's wonderful. So um, what I'm going to do is um, have you come on just before you do your summit. I would love okay. to. Yeah. We, I would will love come to. On, we will put something together so that you can come on and talk about your summit when you're ready to actually promote it. That would be great. I would love to do that. Yeah. I think that would be wonderful. Okay, Amy, I got one more question. And that is, if you were talking to someone who has been in a place that you were when you first started trying mm -hmm. to find your creative soul again and trying to um, regenerate that in yourself, yeah. what would be the one thing that you would say to them? Mm, that's such a good question. <laughs> um, if you could say that to yourself, what would you say? Yeah. You have to listen. And, and I mean, listen inward. Mm -hmm. And you have to, to do that. You have to create the space, you know, space and silence mm -hmm. so that you can hear your own heart. And, uh, you know, in this world, in our, in our modern lives, we are so busy. There is so much distraction. There is so much noise mm -hmm. that we can't hear that inner voice anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't happen by accident anymore. Like there, you know, a generation ago, there were just quiet times. We nowadays we can oh yeah exactly we can fill exactly every minute. That, that's right yeah that's... we can fill every minute of our time consuming right on the social media on the TV what on Netflix whatever um we can fill every blank space in so mm -hmm. you have to consciously intentionally choose to create that space in silence mm -hmm. and when you do whether it's through a journaling practice a meditation practice whatever a, a walk outside in nature without mm -hmm. your earbuds in without your cell phone you know whatever it is and mm -hmm. then, then you start to hear that inner voice again mm -hmm. 
And that's where you start picking up, you know, the breadcrumbs, the trail that leads you one step at a time on your journey. That sounds great. I have one more question after that. And that is, and I forgot to ask you, this is what is your daily practice? Oh, yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> that's a timely question because right now my kids went back to school this week. So we're in one of those transition places where, you know, we're sort of out of summer and moving into fall. And um, my late daily practice um, it's consistent and, and it changes a lot also. Let me explain what I mean by that. <laughs> um, because I used to have a lot of judgment about myself for not sticking with things and being really consistent and really disciplined. And then when I started to learn more about sort of cyclical living, like, you know, as women, we're cyclical, the seasons are cyclical. And um, my creative practice changes. It changes with the seasons. During the summer, um, mm -hmm. I need a lot of mood active practice in the winter yeah. I need more quiet meditation mm -hmm. quiet time so um so my daily practice is that I get up about a half an hour before my children and do some combination of art making journaling prayer meditation um exercise and okay. the specific combinations of those things changes with my needs yeah so um but I always have that sacred time set aside to do those. And then how I use that time it changes up depending on what my needs are. So um, recently I felt a really strong pull back to journaling, which I didn't do mm -hmm. a lot of in the summer. I did a lot of walking, walking mm -hmm. in nature. Um, and now I'm, I'm feeling pulled to start journaling again. So, um, so you're listening, you're listening mainly what you're saying is, is your practice ba is based on, your inner need or your inner voice. Yes. You know, what your voice is saying that you need. And I think that um, one of the things that happens with daily practice is if we're not careful as it can be an expectation, mm. it can be like, okay, well, I've got to do so-and-so. Yes. If I don't do so-and-so, then I'm going to be, you know, it's going to affect my mood or whatever. And I think that we don't allow, because that becomes an expectation too. If we are, if we are expectation based, sometimes, you know, that perfection based, yes. it's like even our meditation, right. has to be, quote, perfect. Well, was, yeah. that's not. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say for, for the people that I work with who, who struggle with perfectionism, especially, yeah, it's yeah. so easy to become rigid. Yeah. Right. And then, and then and, it becomes, yeah, and then exactly. we, and then it becomes that pass fail mindset. Like, oh, I didn't meditate today. I'm a failure at meditating. I'm a bad person, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then your practice isn't supporting you. It's that's right. It's exactly. you know, it's, it's working exactly. against you. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And the thing is, and yes, I have a practice, but and yes, I find that my practice helps me to center. And yes, I find that I love my practice, you know. Mm -hmm. But if I miss a particular day or whatever, I don't beat myself up. Right. I just start the next day. Yeah. I tell my students a lot. There's no, the art police aren't coming. Yeah. <laughs> good. The art police isn't coming to take away your paintbrushes because you didn't do a good enough job. The meditation oh, police aren't coming. You know, yeah. your fourth exactly. grade art teacher isn't coming to put a red mark on your work. Oh, I know. 
I know. They, they, yeah, exactly. It, it's that old stuff that, that started when they were kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, the red mark and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I have enjoyed this so much, Amy. Yes, me too. And um, I adore you. You know I do. (laughs) I've loved you since I met you. And I I love what you are and who you are and what you do. And uh, that you are a joy to connect with. Thank you so much, Joy. It's been so fun um, getting to know you and collaborating with you in different yeah. projects. And um, it's been super fun being on your podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. And I can't wait to hear about your other things that you're doing. And of course, you know, we're connecting all the time. So I'm hearing from you all the time. Yeah. Okay, I will publish this. What I'll do mm-hmm. is I'll get this together today. I'll publish it. Uh, it'll be published on Anchor. Then it will. They, then it will go immediately to Spotify. Okay. Then I will send that link to you. I'll put it also on. Um, I'll publish it on uh, both Amazon, um, both uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Okay, and I will put all the links that you sent. So any of the links we had talked about but I don't have, you can just go ahead and you can message, message those too. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much, Joy. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.